Welcome to Madison City Channel's Know Your Candidates Interviews, co-sponsored by the League of Women Voters of Dane County. I'm your interviewer, Maria Spinozzi, and I would like to introduce Justin Williams, running for elder person from District 15. As we begin, I'd like you to give an opening statement as to your educational, vocational, and civic experience you have which qualifies you for this office and why you are running for elder. Great. Uh, so uh, I'm Justin Williams. I'm running for elder of District 15. Um, I'm running... Uh, I'll start with my education piece. So um, I went to Madison College here uh, for a liberal arts associate's degree. Um, from there, I moved to Milwaukee and uh, went to uh, UW-Milwaukee for political science. Um, I missed Madison so much that I had to come back. Um, and I uh, moved back here in 2010 after living here for six years uh, prior to that. Um, I ended up moving back because I really had a passion of working for progressive candidates. Um, so I ended up working, one of my first campaigns was uh, the former district attorney and now judge, uh, Brian Blanchard, on his first race for Court of Appeals. Um, from there, I moved on to Scott Hassett's race for attorney general in 2010, which wasn't exactly the best time for Democrats to be running, um, and then moved straight from that statewide race onto uh, what I viewed as a really important race was uh, Joanne Kloppenberg's first race uh, for Supreme Court justice in 2011. Um, so. I, that's sort of my history and uh, recent background. Um, from there, I've, uh, I work at Community Shares of Wisconsin, a social justice, environmental justice, and racial justice organization, uh, and have been there for the past seven years, um, helping to really you know, promote the idea of social justice in our community. Um, I sit on the board of the Out Professional Engagement Network, an LGBT networking organization, um, where I'll be coming, be, I will be becoming the president of that organization. Um, with uh, this March, um, we're looking at uh, becoming more of an advocacy organization, and the board, uh, given my experience, was really inclined to you know, support me um, as becoming the president, helping us take this next level. Um, we're open, we'll be advocating for the LGBT and other marginalized communities as well. Um, I also sit on the Lake Edge Neighborhood Association as secretary for the past year. Um, that's one of the neighborhoods that is uh, in the district where I'm running, uh, where I've uh, lived in my house for the past six years. So I think the reason that I'm running is because, you know, it's my progressive values. Um, my career I've spent uh, giving back to the community, and I'm not done yet. Um, that's why I'm running for this seat is to, you know, do what I can and stand up for the values of the people in District 15. Um, you know, I'm not a one-issue candidate. You know, I'm working on social justice, environmental justice, you know, and it all sort of ties together with transportation, uh, affordable housing. Um, uh, yeah. Okay, thank you. Uh, lack of affordable housing and the pressure it brings to the issue of homelessness is a chronic problem that Madison cannot seem to get ahead of. Mm -hmm. What new ideas can you advance to help address the issue? Right. So good question, because affordable housing is one of the things that I uh, enjoy talking about. So the city's really facing a housing crisis right now. Um, when I first moved here in 2002, I lived two blocks off the square, and my rent was $286. Uh, I, have a, I no longer rent. I own my home on the east side. But I have a friend that lives downtown and is paying $1,500 for just his share of rent now. So, you know, in that short time period, things have really changed for this city and as far as uh, affordable housing is concerned. Um, I think what the city really needs to focus on um, is uh, when we're looking at TIF funding. Um, you know, we've, we've done a great job of providing those funds to uh, developers or uh, institutions that are uh, working at 
providing affordable jo- or good-paying jobs in the community. I think what we need to look at is when we when we're designating some of those dollars for developments for businesses, we need to set aside a I don't know exactly what amount, but some sort of proportional amount uh, for affordable housing um, that isn't just on the outskirts of Madison. I mean, when you're talking about you know people trying to get out of poverty, they need housing, they need access to reliable, affordable, sustainable transportation, and they need to be close to the jobs where they're working. Um, and I think if we can divert some of that funding from not from other projects, but making sure that we're supplying appropriate funding for affordable housing as well. That is one of the things that, um, one of the ways that we can start to really make an initiative of uh, supporting uh, people who are in poverty and making sure that they have housing. Okay. There has been discussion of the policies and procedures of the Madison Police Department. Mm-hmm. What is your perspective on whether any changes are needed in ways Madison Police operate in our community? Sure. So. Um, Working at Community Shares, we know we have a number of organizations that sort of focus on this issue, and you know they have a lot of, a lot of opinions. I know for myself, um, the there was the OIR report that came out uh, with a number of recommendations uh, that um, the police department could look at. I think one of those uh, particular th- things that I was really interested in hearing more about um, was uh, the. Uh, citizen complaint reviews and how those are handled. Um, my understanding is that they're currently handled through the police department, but one of the um, recommendations is that those could be made uh, through an independent reviewer. Um, I think that's important. Um, I think, you know, if there's camaraderie in any job and that, you know, if you're, you know, if I worked with you here, you know, at the station, you know, we would develop a relationship, um, you know, whether that's a friendship or just work partnership, but um, you, you need somebody who has that independent stance and can really just look at the facts in the case or the complaint in this matter um, and can make an independent decision that isn't influenced by other issues. Um, uh, another um, instance that I've been working on and having conversations with was uh, the LGBT community this past year was talking about um, not wanting the police department to march in the parade with their uniforms um, because of the impact that could have with queer people of color in the community. Um, and I understand that, you know, uh, they're, the police... The police department and not necessarily our police department, but the police department and the LGBT community over the years have had issues, but we've come a long ways uh, between uh, police officers and the LGBT community, and we we need to celebrate that. But at the same time, um, the LGBT community needs to realize that we haven't gotten here on our own. We got to where we are through allyship, and just because we are at a place that's great for us as LGBT people, not necessarily trans people, but we need to be those allies to other marginalized communities, and that's part of what we are looking at at OPEN, where I sit on the board as well. Many residents perceive Madison to be a divided city, one in which people of color are less likely to thrive than our whites. Do you share this perception, and if so, what might you propose to address this division? Well, I... I think it's fact, first of all, that, you know, uh, to be a person of color in this city is way different than to be, you know, a white cisgendered person in this community. 
Um, you know, we're constantly on different magazines or different publications as one of the best cities in the U.S. to live. But it, you know, it, it does it is looking at certain characteristics. It's not looking at the entire city overall. I think that um, you know we need to focus on initiatives that lift up communities and provide a sort of a level playing field. Um, uh, you know, if we're just investing funding in certain areas of the city and not investing, you know, for instance, in the Allied neighborhood, they haven't had a grocery store in that area for a very long time. They're finally getting one. Um, but, you know, really looking at the issues that um, in certain communities in the city and what are the things that the city could do to invest in infrastructure in those areas that can really help, you know, issues that are uh, underlying there. What do you believe is the specific issue of most concern to the residents of your district, and how do you want to work on solving it? So uh, that's a hard one. So there's a couple. Um, I think one is the public safety issue. Um, so there's been you know, a number of issues that have been happening at La Follette High School, which is on the southern end of the district. Um, we have uh, Hawthorne uh, neighborhood, which is on the northern end of the district, right next to Darbo, which has one of the lowest um, uh, income rates in the city uh, in the pocket there. Um, and so there's a lot of public safety issues. And I think, I don't think the answer is just more police presence um, because the police have a lot of work to do in the city. And it's not necessarily just patrolling areas where something might not be happening at that time. It's really a community-centered approach, I think, that we need to be working on. Um, you know, when I was talking with the, our county board supervisor who represents my area uh, about the issues at La Follette High School, we were talking about, you know, it's not just police in schools or, you know, closing campus completely. It's really bringing everyone involved, you know, community members in that area, bringing students, bringing teachers, bringing parents, bringing police into the conversation to talk about what's happening, why are these things happening, and what programs that currently exist can we either expand, or are there other things that we need to be focusing on with more after-school programming? You know, maybe it's not focused on the right areas. I know that the city has a number of after-school functions that we're looking at, so maybe expanding those in certain areas of the city could be helpful. Okay. Which council committees do you believe you should serve on and why? Um, Good question. So I think transportation is one that I would be really interested in um, sitting on. Part of that is because of the the equity issues, I think, that um, uh, that need to be viewed through an equity lens through that committee. Um, As we're looking at, you know, the uh, bus rapid transit system, um, it's an awesome idea. It's great. I think we're on the right track. But we need to make sure when we're doing that, we're making sure that underserved communities that already have either barely any bus transportation or, you know, sporadic transportation have access to this and making sure that we're looking at it again through that equity lens um, to making sure that uh, we're serving all of the citizens of Madison, not just the ones who live closest to downtown. All right. Uh, What would you like to say to the viewing audience as we complete this interview? So I think what I want to say to the viewing audience is that, you know, I've, I want to represent the community that I'm in. I don't want to represent just a small portion of the district. You know, I, I, my experience and my qualifications um, stand out, I think, above the other candidates. Um, I'm not a one-issue candidate. I'm, I want to work with all people in our district for all issues. 
Um, I know in the Lake Edge neighborhood, a big issue is um, sidewalks. And uh, one of the other candidates has talked about, you know, really being behind complete streets and saying it's not going far enough. Well, I think complete streets is a great idea. It's not necessarily a great idea for every neighborhood in the city because it brings up affordability issues. If you're telling, you know, somebody who's on Social Security that they have to pay $7,000 to have their street redone, put in a sidewalk and a bike lane, um, that's... That's a big hit on them um, when you have, you know, you're not making that much per year because you're just on Social Security. Um, I think, you know, I'm not a newcomer to progressive values or a newcomer to uh, standing up for my community. I've worked on campaigns, volunteered on many campaigns, um, and, and, you know, show up regularly to the voting booth. And I think that's what people need to look at is making sure that that the, the person that they're voting for stands up for their values and has been there and fighting the fight this entire time as well. I want to thank Justin Williams for speaking with us and the viewing audience for taking the time to know your candidates. As with every election, please vote. On behalf of Madison City Channel and the League of Women Voters of Dane County, I thank you for joining us. Yeah.